Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everybody, this episode of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure has started. Matt, there's no more ad. Dory already did that. I sure did. You usually do the pre-roll, but that one was one for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't hear it, have a have a have a go have a go back. It's a lot of fun. I recommend it. Um, leave your i iPodcast reviews. <laughs> your iPodcast? They should call it iPodcast. Well, there was a time when they were a big fan of that lowercase i. Yeah. Yeah, I started with the iMac, you know. The lowercase i was for the internet. It's essentially a stripped down PC vert, you know, it's just uh, ready to go, be online, do some other things. I thought the things. iBook came first. Did it? I thought so. No. Remember the clamshell with the different colors? Yeah, with the handle, yeah. Yeah, that was like late but, 90s. But do you remember the colored computer that was just one giant monitor oh yes i do yeah, it's called the imac i forgot about those <laughs> that was... boy oh boy she's trying to pull some apple knowledge on me <laughs> i was just testing you honey i don't know if you know this but i used to work there here's my here's my here's my badge from one infinite loop with the old imac blue uh apple logo there's a disaster info hotline on the back of this which you can call if you're lost in the giant uh, circle that now exists up there um anyway please leave your apple podcast reviews you can do so by going to apple podcast town and leaving a review at the main intersection of apple podcast town because i don't know what is happening today (laughs) join our facebook group that's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure dory's over there posting some things commenting liking you know it's just a it's a community 
it's, it's not, a good time. It's not like Apple Podcast Town. There's no intersection, but <laughs> it's okay. a community. They're working on paving some roads. Um, you can go to our website, excellentadventure.com. You can visit our Patreon page. That is patreon.com forward slash excellentadventure. And that's where you can go and support the show. And the more people that support the show, the more uh, opportunities that we have for me to not work. Okay. Now, Twitter. <laughs> and to pay for IVF. Yeah, but that's why I work. Right. <laughs> I see. I see it's what you're saying. It's all related. Sure. Um, you can go on Twitter at Excellent Pod. That's where you'll find our uh, Excellent uh, Podcast on the Twitter mm-hmm. at Excellent Pod. Mm-hmm. You can email us, Dory Matt at Gmail, Matt and Dory at Gmail. Our phone number, 413 46 1 Baby. What do you think of that? A lot of you used it this week, which I very much appreciate. Because I really I, I gave it to them in a different manner. You know, did you? Yeah, I like said four hundred thirteen. Last something. week you did. I don't that? remember. I don't think you did. I did. I felt like I did. Oh. Anyway, um, what's going on? Well, we had the retrieval. We did. We retrieved some eggs on Wednesday. Out um, of Dory. How are you feeling going into it? Into what? Into the retrieval. Low expectations. Yeah, same. But not as low as they were previously. Right. I had my lowest expectations last round. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that you said that your sperm looked better. It did. I didn't know that that was a thing. You didn't know that sperm can look better? No. Or worse? No. Uh, Well, I don't know if doctors know this, but Matt knows this. What does bad looking sperm look like? Uh, You know, not, uh, I would say not as opaque. Okay. Uh maybe less uh, of that of that gleaming uh, mother of pearl look you know mm, the iridescence yeah um yeah i think it's just you know you can just eyeball the quality sure i mean i can i don't know if they know of my secrets but okay i've seen a lot of sperm most of it mine okay. a lot of it you know not mine but all right okay yeah um Anyway, check out the lioness. Um, yeah, so I said that to Dory. She was she was not happy. I'll tell you all up front. She was bummed out when we were leaving the hospital. And by hospital, I mean IVF clinic. I was up early. You know, I saw Dr. Kelly Beck, DKB, and uh, she said, uh, we got nine. She seemed very disappointed. And then I knew it. I knew she was disappointed. She seemed very disappointed. But then she got more excited when I, she found me again. She found me as I was going in to do my business, which I did later. I waited, too. So oh, they'd have fresher sperm. That's interesting. Interesting theory. I waited on purpose. Um, and she was like, she found me as I was walking in to the terrible room. And... Um, she said, I, just wanted, I was looking for you. They found another one. So it's 10. <laughs> Which I still don't understand. <laughs> but okay. So, okay. So we knew we got 10. She, she was more upbeat when she saw me. Because she'd already found it. So you think I think the, she was just happy to get into the double digits. In the double digits. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, nine sounds not as good as 10. 10 does sound pretty good. Yeah. 10 sounds like, okay. You know, yeah, sure. like, like we're good. Okay. Um, and look, I know ten. Ten is at my age. Ten is like a decent number. Yep. Um. So, you know, I was like, all right. Well, I was mentally preparing myself for half of them to fertilize, for us to get like eight mature, and like five fertilized. Okay. That was kind of what what was going on in my head. But of course, you know, we we had the disastrous February results. And so I was like, anything, like really anything could happen. And then I get a message early Thursday that I have a retrieval report in my patient portal. Mm-hmm. I go into my patient portal and it says number of octites. I don't know what that is. What's an octite? Eggs retrieved. Uh-huh. 10. Yeah. 
Number of octites. Octites? I don't know. You're using a word I've never seen in my life. It's O-O-C-T-Y-T. I don't know. What does that mean? Egg. Why do they just say egg? I don't know. Anyway, number of eggs mature, 10. Yeah. Number of eggs fertilized, 10. Yeah. So at this stage in the game, we're doing as well as we can be. So then later that day, Dr. Kelly Beck called me. DKB. And she was very happy. Because like, as I, as I have been saying, of the news that we could have gotten on Thursday, knowing that we, ret- we retrieved 10 eggs on Wednesday, the best possible news we could get on Thursday is that 10 of them were mature and 10 of them fertilized. And that was the news that we got. Yeah. So she was like pretty pleased with herself. <laughs> yeah. For like nailing the meds. Oh, okay. Because last time, half of them were immature. Right. So she was a little freaked out by that. By the way, I think a lot of times when she's in there counting, she's counting a couple twice. Oh, my God. A couple follicles twice. Like, I mean, honestly, I'm watching her. I'm like, that's the same one. You're just looking at it at a different angle. But I don't say anything because she's a doctor and has seen a lot more of those than I have. Yeah. But just as... Oh, boy. That was... Which one was that? Who was that? I think that was, was Siri. Was that Siri or Alexa? Oh, no. Now we've summoned them. Oh, no. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, but then, uh, you know, I, I realized that she knows what she's doing and I don't. Yeah. But I feel like she's counting one or two here and there. Okay. Well, whatever. I mean, she I mean, didn't... what was the last report we got of how many follicles you had? Like 14. Yeah. You know what? She counted like three of them twice. Whatever. She didn't miscount the ones coming out. If they did at first. Right. <laughs> But they undercounted. <laughs> Imagine if they'd been like, we got 12. And then they're like, oh, actually, we only got 10. Uh, I see. Yeah, like, sure. That would be annoying. Yeah. Um, so she had me on different meds this cycle. She started my meds earlier than she did last cycle. And she had me on slightly higher doses. And then she did a double HCG trigger, um, which I guess helps with maturity. I think last time, like... I think her previous fear was that she was going to get over mature eggs. Yeah. And so in the previous cycle, she kind of overcorrected and gotten under mature eggs. And then this cycle, she just like nailed it. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's as good as we could get. And it's such a testament to your lifestyle changes that all 10 of them fertilized. Fattest I've been in years. Uh, so that's a thumbs up, everybody. Uh, but not smoking, and quite frankly, haven't been working, which is a stress-free kind of life. Apparently, it's great for sperm. Uh, yeah, but you know, back to work tomorrow. So we don't know how many made it to. We don't even know how many how many are still in the running because. They don't check them on day three anymore. Yeah, we've been doing IVF so long, everybody, that they've changed their policies. <laughs> so we've seen a lot of diff- a lot of changes happening here and there. We've been part of a couple. Yeah. M- namely the, the gender reveal yeah. in the email. <laughs> Nonchalant gender reveals. Yeah. Uh, not that we want a gender reveal party. Um, but, uh, you know, also I don't personally, I'm fine with that if they tell us in the email what's what Mm -hmm. anyway yeah we're over this hurdle we're not going to know until tomorrow evening how many make it to blast assist so you know there's there's it's there very early a lot more hurdles and uh, we're aware of that and we'll be bringing you each hurdle on this podcast yep as we have for many many episodes (laughs) our hundredth episode I was gonna we say, should just have a, what should we do for our hundredth episode retire okay <laughs> just be like we're gonna do a hundred and call it regardless of whether or not we have a child okay i mean there's no way we'd have a child by then regar- unless one is brought to us and given to what us what is this 86 87 this is 88 i think oh god i think yeah okay it's in that range yeah it's in the high 80s okay so 
yeah i don't know what are we really gonna do for episode 100 who knows who knows probably gonna do a normal podcast (laughs) so all right cool yeah. So that's the update. So we'll find out tomorrow. We're just waiting. I feel evening. bloated. If you're on Patreon, um, chances are you'll find out before everybody else. Because that's what we like to do. Yeah. Um, I have been really bloated, and I think it's partly because of the double HCG trigger. Yeah. I Which? know you haven't been feeling um, particularly yourself lately. No, I haven't. You've been real, you've been real like... Uh, a lot of outfit changes, I think. Well, because nothing fits. Girl, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir. <laughs> I'm like wearing jumpsuits and big flowy dresses. Gotta tell you, if I could put either of those on <laughs> and acceptably wear them to fucking the Sony lot, I would. Should we get you a caftan? Crying out loud. Uh, I have sympathy bloat. Uh, mine's caused by uh, overeating. <laughs> I don't know. Ugh, it's so hard. But anyway, guys, the obesity code. I hope you all have uh, enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to applying all the things I've learned in there. Have you listened to the podcast? No. Okay. There's a podcast, guys. Yeah, I was looking at the at the po- at the health chart in Apple Podcasts, and I was like, "There's one called the Obesity Code." And then I clicked on it, and it was hosted by Dr. James Fung, author of the Obesity Code. Oh my god, the man who's cracked it, the man who's told us all. Just put down the fork. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Uh, getting rid of whatever this is. Cool. Um, so I immediately texted it to Matt because mm-hmm. we communicate by text when we're in the same house. It's, it's crazy. Um, it's kind of like when you're at work and you like would slack the people, like someone like one desk away from you. She does it all the time. Or previously, I am. I don't initiate communication or like that, but she does. You don't initiate communication. You don't like to communicate. Um, that's not true. I'm communicating right now. Except in the form of a podcast. I do. You know, guys, I was I was talking to Dory about our, you know, my other podcasts and their, you know, Star Trek podcasts, you know, the next conversation and James Bonding and we've been Matt and I and Andy and I have been talking about doing Patreon episodes and you know, starting a Patreon over there. And then I real I did the math and I realized that I'd be having to do twenty two podcasts a month, and then I I cried inside. Maybe you should try crying outside. No. Maybe that would be more cathartic. Maybe I'd lose the tear weight. Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> now you're talking the crying diet. Yeah, <laughs> we're all on it. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I'm just gonna. It's uh, we'll see, guys. It's a uh, we we've been through this rigmarole number of times, and um, we can only hope for the best and see what happens. We have a long, long way to go. Yep, we'll we'll be here for it. I hope you will too. Yeah. Again, that's Patreon. dot com forward slash excellent adventure. Every uh, little bit helps. Yep. Okay. Time for the egg bag. I just made that term up. We're never going to use it again. Why wouldn't I call it an egg sack? Egg bag. <laughs> it's the egg bag. We we read your eggs. <laughs> These are, we have some lengthy. We got some voluminous emails. You know, I think after we complained that people weren't emailing us anymore. People decided to finally get off their, their, their tukuses. Their egg bags. Yeah. And, and, and throw something in the egg bag. <laughs> yep. Oh, whoops. Oh no. What's Allison happening? is FaceTiming me. Okay. Okay, I'm going to decline. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is from Caroline. Caroline drops an egg in the sack and says, Hi. Oh, no. <laughs> Just to let you know, we ended up aligning on this IVF cycle. I had my egg collection yesterday. We got 14 eggs. 10 were warm, mature enough for fertilization, and 9 fertilized. Boom, we beat you, Caroline. Ted for 10. Sorry. Just kidding. That's not nice. It is not nice. I don't know why you were laughing at me. (laughs) 
because I knew you were going to do something like that. Um, I mean, she did give us her numbers. She's from the UK. So I, I know this because of her spelling of fertilized. She is from the UK. She alludes to that later in the, in the email. Looking forward to this. Here we go. Uh, I know this sounds amazing. Not as good as us, but we got similar results in 2015. Us too. We ended up with one embryo to transfer uh, us two, uh, in one round and two in another. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. Are we the same person? Are we just infertile (laughs) jerks? All of us. Should we just all stop? Um, also, I had uh, an endo scratch a week before I started my drugs, which meant I had to make my uterus stickier. So who knows? Maybe that and all the acupuncture and lifestyle changes will make a difference. I'm either going to have my transfer on Friday or Sunday, and I'm not going to get too excited. Wait, so... She's, she's doing gonna, a fresh transfer. She's not, even, she's not even getting those babies biopsied? Nope. Good for you. Uh... If you're not aware, the treatments I'm talking about are UK regulatory body for IVF clinics has a good page of the effectiveness of fertility add-ons. She shares a link. Uh, I feel like I've got another couple rounds in me. That's good. We do not. Uh, But we did take a massive break in between our last two rounds and this one. Also, we're in the UK, so this is a lot cheaper for us. Can you imagine taking your break and coming back to IVF? This round doesn't work. Question. Uh, no. I agree. <laughs> we did take a break. We did take a break. It wasn't we, that long of a break. No. We took a break. Was it four months? Yeah. Why did we take that break? Just now? Yeah. So oh, your sperm, my sperm could improve. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Guys, I forgot. Uh, every so often I'm struck with how stupid this whole thing is. I'm so involved in the process, I forget why I'm doing it. I hear stories from parents about how hard parenting is, and I wonder if my body is trying to make sure I have an easy life by not letting me get pregnant. I look at my handsome and kind husband and my feisty little dog. We have a handsome and kind dog and a feisty little husband on this side. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, my lovely home. Yep, we're opposites, but same. We have a terrible home, and I wonder. You don't have a terrible home. Why am I? What are you, what are you talking why about? Why am trying to? Why did you say it's that? It's so cluttered. It is so cluttered. Why I'm trying to change Should any we of it? Clean up. We always clean up. We constantly are. We have run out of contractor bags in the past. Like we've gone through rolls. We've thrown out so much stuff out of this house and donated so much stuff, and yet. And yet, it continues. It does. We have so many chairs. <laughs> it is driving me crazy. Well, you know what? We also have a lot of guitars. Yeah, I know, but they're not in the dining room. Okay, should we put some in with your guitars? There is one in there. <laughs> There's one in there right now. You have no idea. We have like the world's most <laughs> uncomfortable desk chair. Okay, we can just that, get rid of that. That Dory has insisted on rolling out here and keeping. We can get rid of it. Then we have these two chairs that we used at a kitchen table that we know we, I was going to say no longer have, but that is incorrect. <laughs> we have moved it <laughs> to to what appears to be like it's Bo's table. <laughs> it's Bo's crate and barrel expensive table. And uh, nothing's on it right now. Literally, it's just sitting there, just taking, just just taking up space. Well, I was like, this table could easily become another repository for crap. So I'm trying to avoid that situation. Well, I can think of one way to avoid it is by not having the table anymore. Mm. All right, keep reading. Please. Anyway, back 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 over here. <clears throat> uh, she wonders why she's trying to change all of this stuff. You know, the husband, the dog the home all seemingly very easy and happy mm, and yet she's nice going through you, IVF Caroline uh, I know I'm lucky and I wonder if I'm trying to push that luck by forcing my body to do something it doesn't want to do anyway Matt and Dory I'm thinking of you uh, as I go through this and I hope this all works out for all of us if it doesn't we're going to take a trip around Scotland or France and carry on living well Boy, that sounds much nicer than infertility and she goes on to say, fuck infertility. But thank fuck for everything else we have. That's a nice outlook, Caroline. It is. 
I wish we had that outlook more often. Hmm. But we don't because we're constantly doing IVF. Mm-hmm. What happened to our happy newlywed years? They, they've been taken from us. And then, and then what? Sucked away. Yep. And then you, you're, 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 we're trying to in, invoke this child into the world. And then, and then the sleep goes away. Which I don't get much of anyway. That's my biggest fear, everyone. I know all you people listening who have children already, like, know how little sleep you get. And I think I know how little sleep you get, but, like, I feel like it's worse than I think. So, if you'd like to be our free live-in night nurse. Oh, you mean my mom? Your mother lives in Boston. She's going to be my sister's night nurse for, like, three weeks. I can't even get into this right now. (laughs) I I, I, I can't. I can't. They drive me crazy. That whole situation drives me crazy. All right, well. I love everyone involved. At least we know. You know what? The situation drives me crazy. You know what? No, it's not going to happen. Shh. But I know. Shh. But I know your mother. Shh. Doesn't matter. We could have. We could literally have fourteen babies at once. Mm-hmm. And she would figure out. Uh, you know. And and Steve and Karen would fucking book her so that they can go to a conference in Seattle for nine <laughs> days. And we're stuck with fourteen kids crying because your sister and your brother-in-law booked her. 10 months before we got <laughs> pregnant with 14 babies. And so because of that, we're fucked. All right. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway. We're not going to have 14 babies. <laughs> I know. But the other thing, Mike, Michael knows what I'm talking about. What's up, Michael? He's not listening. He's got other things to do. It's probably a fish concert he's going to. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for the email, Caroline. <laughs> it's crazy okay so what's next honey do you want to read another email do you want to hear a voicemail what do you want to do um we heard from a lot of people about donor eggs remember we put out the donor egg signal last week we did yeah so we heard from quite a few people about that Okay. Are you, what are you setting up? Another I'm, email I'm or a I'm setting up an email. I can't tell what you're setting up. Oh, my God. All right. This is from Monica. Hi, Matt and Dory. Love the podcast. I'm writing a response to the woman who is concerned about using donor eggs and not feeling that genetic connection to her baby. I am a fragile X carrier. <clears throat> and after four IVF cycles resulting in a grand total of six eggs retrieved, my doctor wanted at least 12 to fertilize and perform PGS. We explored the donor egg path. We found a donor through our RE's egg bank that we just absolutely fell in love with on paper, as creepy as that sounds. She was, quote, perfect, but we only ended up with one embryo to transfer, which did not result in a pregnancy. We tried again the next cycle with our second choice donor, and now we have a five and a half month old baby girl and another embryo on ice. I read all of the blogs and message boards and saw the countless women say that once you see that baby, you don't think about the genetic connection. And from my experience, it really is true. We've gotten a couple of the who does she look like comments, but she looks so much like my husband that it really doesn't happen all that often because it's so obvious. I guess I'm glad that she does look like my husband as opposed to the donor and the few times I've been a little sad about her not looking like me. I think of my friends who had kids spontaneously and who look like just their dad and nothing like mom. The only time it quote bothers me and saying that is even a stretch is when I think about doing family tree projects in school or passing on some of my family's traditions like singing the Polish version of Happy Birthday. Why, why can't you pass on the Polish version of Happy Birthday? I don't know. The kid's Polish. Buckle up. But the more I think about it, I realize that we can still do those things. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and our daughter is going to learn all about the amazing science that brought us to her and how much we are willing to do to have her. Also, I think about the not-so-great things I didn't pass on to her, like my thin hair that has to be washed every day. I totally feel you, Dory. Update on that. I am no longer washing my hair every day. What the fuck? 
the thing that everyone says happens finally happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, they're like, you can train your hair and, you know, event if you do it long enough, you don't have to wash your hair every day. And it's always like, I've tried it. It didn't work. And then I think because I just got lazy and I'm working from home, I would like forget to shower. And then I suddenly started noticing that like I could go for, I could skip a day of washing hair and it would be fine. And then I started noticing I could maybe even skip two days and it would be fine. And I was like, Oh my God. Wow. Everybody, this is very exciting news. I mean, it's a game changer. I mean, sometimes it would be like one, one o'clock in the afternoon and I would see Dory in her office still in her clothes. She was sleeping in. Yeah. This is why I was always nervous about working from home. What a charmed life. (laughs) Uh, But note that I was in my office. I was actually doing work. Sure. Just in my PJs. Yeah. All right. I think what has also helped me is that my doctor was great at informing us about the whole donor egg process and stressed that while the egg is the genetic building block, there's so much more to the growth of the embryo slash fetus slash baby than sperm meets egg. This is from his website in case it will help anyone struggling with this decision. All right. You ready? This is quoting from the website. All right. Here we go. The most important aspect of all pregnancies, including donor egg pregnancies, is that as the baby grows, every cell in the developing baby is built from the pregnant mother's body. Tissue from her uterine lining contributes to placental formation, linking her and her growing child. The baby uses her body's protein, sugars, calcium, nitrates, and fluids initially, and eventually the baby will replace these when he or she begins making their own. The genes of the donor egg provide only the very basic blueprint for the development of the child. The biological mother takes care of all the materials and construction from the foundation right on up to the decorative features. This doctor loves a metaphor. Mm-hmm. So although the sperm and eggs genetics program, sh- sperm and eggs genetics program the shape of a new baby's lips, the lips themselves are the quote flesh and blood of the pregnant woman. Mm. Ooh. What? That's kind of blowing my mind. That means the lips, along with the baby themselves, grew from the pregnant woman's body. That is why she is the child's biological mother, and this is her biological child. All right, now we're back to the email. So deal with that, all of you couples that had a surrogate mother. What? What? Those aren't their baby. <laughs> it's the, baby's, the baby's lips belong to the surrogate. Okay. After carrying, That's what the doctors say. After carrying her for 41 plus weeks and giving birth, there is zero question in my mind that she is my child. When I saw her for the first time, when she smiles at me, and even when I'm changing her gross blowout diapers, I'm not thinking about the fact that she didn't get my DNA. While going through this process, I learned that a very good friend of mine and his wife were struggling with infertility, but it came from his end. They ended up using donor sperm, which, by the way, is so cheap compared to donor eggs. I get why, but it's insane. We literally paid more than 10 times what they did to have a baby. But I digress. I haven't asked him, but I wonder what it's like for him as the partner who wasn't able to give his genetic half and also didn't carry the baby. I assume that is something that some or many men struggle with when opting to use donor sperm. I would encourage anyone to explore donor eggs if your own eggs aren't an option. I don't regret it for a second. Thanks. There you go. There we go. Tried and true. Very clear. And uh, answering all the questions of the donor egg signal. Um, I'm going to play a voicemail about donor eggs. All righty. You ready? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Hey, guys. This is Rebecca. I was going to respond to the lady who wrote in about donor eggs. Um, I have a six-year-old... science baby made with my eggs and I have a two-month-old science baby made with donor eggs so I can speak from both experiences. Um, I know that typically people say that they don't ever think about that their baby came from a donor egg. Well, that's not true. I definitely do. Um, But I don't regret the decision. I don't love my two-month-old any differently than my six-year-old. It helps I will say that he looks exactly like his daddy and exactly like his sister who also looks exactly like her daddy. So um, that is my one piece of advice. When we were initially looking for a donor, um, 
my first thought was find someone exactly like me. Find someone who looks like me um, with my eyes and my nose. Well, guys, that's impossible. Um, and it became easier to find someone who looked more like uh, my husband because we felt like at least he would have his traits. And sure enough, it worked out. There's no question. People see my baby and both my children, for that matter, and say, oh, my gosh, he looks exactly like his dad. Um, there's no question. Um, anyway, there are times when, you know, I think about the fact that he came from a donor, but it's not with sadness at all. It is completely with gratefulness and just thankful that that was a possibility for us and that I got to have my second child and give my first child a sibling. Um, hope that helps. Good luck. And, yes, join the Facebook page. The Donor Egg Facebook page is amazing and great support there. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, and I hope y'all have good luck with this cycle. I'm thinking about y'all. Thanks. Bye. I thought that was a great voice. Different well. but the same. Yeah. Totally. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy I know they're going to be the best socks in the house and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long they've got some great details that have been obsessed over including the honeycomb arch support which I love anti-blister tabs which I also love what that is it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Um, I'm going to read a bit from this other email about donor eggs. Okay. Um, this, one, this person who asked to remain anonymous said, mm -hmm. to answer the question that was brought up in the episode about whether genetics doesn't matter if you have a donor egg baby, my response is yes and no. 
Frankly, I think donor egg moms. Oh, she has donor egg twins. Okay. By the way, should mention that. Uh, I think donor egg moms are glossing over the hard stuff if they claim that you are just so deliriously happy with that bouncing baby that all concern about physical resemblance, genes, or nature versus nurture goes out the window. Okay. For us, that was not the case. You do face the strangers in public every now and again who interrogate you about eye color if they cannot connect the dots between your kid and you. My first episode of that was in the Target pharmacy section when an older lady cornered me and my enormous twin stroller to conduct her investigation. (laughs) Ugh. And you do deal with the random family members or friend who makes comments about physical resemblance or lack thereof that can come out of the blue and hurt like crazy. On the other hand, there are also humorous moments when people make resemblance comments after seeing a photo of your kid on social media, e.g. she is your mini me, or when you and your partner jokingly blame the kid's negative traits on the donor. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, I do understand, however, why this view seems to be so widely shared that, quote, genetics just don't matter after you are the parent to a donor-conceived child. It is true for us that in our day-to-day life, The lack of 100% genetic connection to our children does not sting, does not make us feel any regret, and does not impact how we feel about our son and daughter. They are the only children we have, and despite the fact that they are twins, they are completely unique and different from both each other and from us. They do share many of our mannerisms and ways of being in the world, but they also have little traits that intrigue and amuse us that we don't really know where they come from. The donor, their cultural environment, they they are growing up in a different region of the U.S. than we did. Who knows? For example, my son, who is physically a dead ringer for our donor and has dark hair and eyes, is completely extroverted and walks into social occasions like he owns the place, saunters up to a buffet of unknown foods and chows down, makes small talk with strangers, no problem. My husband and I are pretty geeky academics and are basically watching him from the corner in amazement. So maybe our donor is a big extrovert or maybe not. Who knows? My daughter, on the other hand, shares many traits with my husband, including light hair and blue eyes, a more reserved personality, and a zen demeanor. Looking at the donor's childhood photos, you would never guess that my daughter shared a biological connection with her. However, both her and her twin brother rock a summer tan like nobody's business, while me and my hubby are hiding under SPF 1 million and look like lobsters. So thank you, donor, for the skin tone. All to say, we truly get far more laughs than stress feelings from these observations of resemblance and difference. I sincerely hope that your current IVF cycle turns out to be the lucky number five. Please know that your listeners are all rooting for you and sending you positive gotta be one. energy from our corners of the world. That's rooting against us. One listener. They can't all be rooting for us. Why would anyone root against us and continue to listen to this podcast? That's psychotic. Well, you know, maybe they like to hate listen. That is... That's... I can understand hate listening to a couple of episodes. Hate listening to 87 episodes is like masochistic. There are some weirdos out there. Um, this is another perspective on donor eggs. Uh, a woman who is uh, about to do donor egg, okay. uh, donor egg retrieval. Um, My husband and I both have depression and alcoholism on both of our sides, and my donor does not have this history. That makes me so hopeful. I know in my heart that if we get pregnant, I will love this child. It will be my child. And even with using a different biological building block, the eggs, our bodies are in charge of how the genes will be expressed as our blood running through their veins. We are partially responsible for what they will become. Once I was able to get excited about this experience, it changed my whole world and outlook. That's succinct. Um, And then we also heard from a woman named Marna who says, hello from PVED. I'm Marna Gatlin, founder and ED of Parents Via Egg Donation. Oh, I thought it was a area I didn't know about. (laughs) We are a nonprofit organization based out of Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. There you go. (laughs) That assists intended parents and and parents through their journey of creating their family through egg slash embryo donation. Your website and podcast came across my desk and they're great. I just wanted to say howdy and let you know that we offer all kinds of resources to anyone who's looking to be a parent via egg donation, embryo donation, or surrogacy. Keep up the great work. Kindly, Marna Gatlin. And that is pved.org. Um, I wonder if we came like literally someone like, <laughs> like printed, printed it, out. it out and put it on her desk. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Um, all right. I'm going to play a voicemail. Okay. 
Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Hayden from North Carolina. Um, I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. Two things. My husband and I have our first round of IVF starting this week after multiple failed IUIs, and I have had endometriosis since high school, and he now has low sperm count. Um, So just any advice you guys would have for going into the first round would be great. But number two, Matt, what do you think about the new Dave Matthews album? All right, that's all I've got. I hope this cycle of IVF goes great for you guys. Thanks. Um, what should we answer first? Uh, no, up to you. Uh, going into your first round, I'd say don't get your hopes too high. Yeah, uh, no, just you know, that's kind of it. Understand the science behind understand everything. The science. I think there's a there's a tendency. I think maybe even and I don't know this because we never did IUI, but I think like I, th- I just anecdotally and what I've like seen in the Facebook group is like people who have done IUIs, they're like, okay, we're going to do IVF and that's going to work because IVF is seen as like this, you know, the thing that science that works. Well, it's more invasive. Yeah. And, and I just think like not to be too pessimistic, but like, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, IVF does not always work in the way that you want it to. That's true. So I'd say just don't get your hopes up. I would, I would ask your doctor for a realistic prognosis as much as they can tell you um and yeah i i I would say be prepared to do more than more than one round right but just yeah know that it's a crapshoot yep understand the science and the science is a crapshoot so (laughs) yeah yeah but you know listen you'll make it you'll get through it either way People always come out on the other side. What about her other question? Uh, you know, listen, I'm still processing this album. I haven't had my third full listen through yet, which is usually what it takes for me to get into an album. So that being said, I was surprised at how many of the songs I knew from them being road tested over the last five years. Oh, interesting. Um, and I was also you know, the production is very polished, maybe a little too polished. (gasps) Ooh. And Dave, I love you, but buddy, let's, 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 let's stop with the falsetto singing attempts. I get it. I get what you're you're going for, but quite frankly, it's not that delightful to listen to. Wow. I know. I really went there. You really dropped a bomb. Otherwise, having a great time with it. Okay. Uh, you know, tune in next week for my fully formed opinion on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This email is from Brittany. Hi, Dory Matt. You two graciously answered my question about my mom and her over- overbearingness as it pertains to my future fertility in episode 27. Oh, boy. That was a long time ago. It was. She had some concerns about when my boyfriend and I would give her more grandchildren and how fertile I'd be when we were ready. (laughs) Dory, you offered me great advice on basically establishing boundaries with my mother. My now fiance and I, congratulations, are in the midst of building a new home and wedding planning. So I've been working hard on establishing those boundaries when it comes to all things my mom has zero say in. Now on to the reason why I'm reaching back out. My my fiance and I have found ourselves in great situations where we have a chance to really take our careers to the next level in the next three to four years. As a result, we've pushed back any baby making plans till 2021 at the earliest. Though fiance wants 2022 because he likes all the twos in the year. That would put me at 36, 37 when we start the process. We are thinking that maybe we should freeze some of my eggs as a bit of an insurance policy now. We are in a good spot financially and it would really give us some peace of mind that we don't have to miss out on some great career opportunities and can still have the small family we've hoped for a few years later than planned. There seems to be an overwhelming amount of information on this. I'm scheduled for my annual exam with my OBGYN at the end of the month and figured that would be a good place to start asking questions. In the meantime, do you have any good resources out there about egg freezing? Have any listeners done this in the past and have had success on the back end when they're ready to have kids? Any other general advice as we look into this whole overwhelming baby-making process? Thanks so much for your time. Hope the egg retrieval went well this week, and thank you for sharing your story. Love you guys. Um, freeze embryos. Don't freeze eggs. There you go. That's it. That's my advice. Why, if you're, 
the only reason to freeze eggs is if you don't have a partner. Yeah, well, buckle up. You got a partner. You have a partner. And other things to think about, too, is the fact that, like, um, you want to put it all on ice, right? You want to put this all on hold. Then put the fucking embryos on ice. Put th- just do do a round of IVF. Sorry, was that angry? Get some embryos, and, and you'll be what? good. If you get some good embryos, they don't, they don't, they don't force you to implant them immediately. You, you can transfer you, them. You can freeze them. Yeah, you freeze them, and um, yeah, that's it. Just do that. That's what I would do. That being said, I mean, because and also cost wise, you're not. It's not that much more. It's not that much more. It really isn't. No. And you're taking the same drugs, mm-hmm. so it's like, why not just do the embryos? All, all the only thing that's different is that your husband has to jerk off. Yep. That's it. And I got news for you. He's doing that anyway. Oh, shit. I mean, you also could get pregnant spontaneously at 36 or 37, but it sound, you sound like the type of person that wants to have an insurance policy, and I understand that, and you're in a position where you can do it, so I say do it. Take out that insurance policy. Take it out. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, we got a lot of voicemails this week, so I'm going to play another one. Okay. Hi, Matt and Dory. My name is Allie. Um, I am from Virginia, and I was calling because I don't really have any experience with children or infertility yet. In fact, I have been so terrified of pregnancy up until my recent um, serious relationship I've been in that I have never even considered having kids. Um, I had a small amount of time when I was younger when I really wanted them, but I was way too young and irresponsible to have them. So I was reaching out to you guys to maybe you reach out to anyone who might know why they want kids or how they knew they wanted kids. I am terrified to have any myself. But I also think I want kids really badly, and I'm at the age where I'm not sure if I'm about to miss out or not. Anyway, um, I don't want this to cut me off, but how how do you know you want kids? Because people have told me you either know or you don't know, and it's not good to have them if you're not 100% sure. But my dad was terrified to have me and almost ran away, and then he said meeting me once I was born was the only thing that made him stick around, and it's the best thing that ever happened to him in his life. So no pressure. I would need some advice. I'm reaching out to you and all the other eggheads. Thank you so much. Great question. I don't have an answer. I was ambivalent for a while, and then I became less ambivalent. <laughs> and now we're here. Yes, we are. We are here. Uh, I, listen. I don't know. I think I. I think that uh, Dory and I uh, would make very good parents. Uh, I like to think anyway. Um. So we're good dog parents. We're good dog parents, not great dog parents. Wait, why do you say that? Uh, because I let him get away with a lot of things. You do. Um, that's why he goes over to you and starts licking your face all the time. That's because he loves me. Mm. Um, and uh, otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. Does it? I don't. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's like an earth-shattering moment you'll have in your life where you're like, I must have a child. For some people, there is a pinpointed mo- like a moment. I don't know. That's. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe. Not. I think it just slowly. You just slowly turn to that. Right. Um. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people do have that. Mm. Then maybe if they do, they're going to write into us. But, uh, yeah, look, it's what you do when you have children and then you die. That's the fucking cycle of humanity. So, 
But also, if you don't have kids, it's fine. Then you just don't have kids and you die. Yeah. Same cycle. Same cycle. <laughs> um, that was probably a very unhelpful answer yeah. for her. I, I, I think, you know, you're not going to be hit with, I think Matt's right. Like, you're not going to be hit with a bolt of lightning. Um, Unless you're literally hit with a bolt of lightning and you're like, I haven't even had a kid yet. And then, and then you decide to have a kid. And it probably will have superpowers, so that'd be cool. Um, all right. This is from Anna. Hi, Dory and Matt. I'm a crossover Forever 35 Excellent Adventure listener. Nice. What, what? Also going through IVF. My question is mostly for Dory. Do you make any self-care changes or accommodations when you're going through an IVF cycle? I'm thinking specifically in terms of avoiding toxins, i.e. I've started to get regular manicures, but the thought crossed my mind that maybe I should be avoiding the fumes. And I went to Sephora and got some fancy skincare samples to use. But then I realized one of them, Drunk Elephant, excuse me, Drunk Elephant Baby Facial, has ingredients that you're supposed to avoid when pregnant. So I'm going to give it to my sister. I've really tried to bump up my self-care game, which I got to say has always been pretty strong during this cycle. I'm definitely not in the camp of people that overthinks things, takes a million supplements, or changes my diet radically. Although I would say I'm in excellent health generally. I just feel like at this level, IVF, you're going to get pregnant or you're not. And taking things like fish oil or whatever isn't going to be the make or break difference. I will be thinking about you guys on Wednesday as my retrieval is on Thursday. That seems like kind of an insane thing to say to strangers, but I hope it conveys the special place your podcast has in my life right now. You seem like you would be such loving and fun parents. And I really, really hope it works out for you. Gratefully, Anna. Um, thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. I, the only thing I really do when going through an IVF cycle is I don't drink. I had one drink. I had a cider, um, or beer. I had a beer. I had one beer during this retrieval cycle. She didn't even finish it. I didn't finish it. Um, you know, I don't drink that much anyway. So it's like, it's not like a big thing, but, um, I don't drink, uh, I'm not, I, I, I still get my manicures. I still use good jeans. I, I, I don't really avoid too much stuff. I've tried to take, I've tried to like take parabens out of my routine. Although I think, I honestly think that's more like psychological than anything else. I, as I've mentioned before, I think like do what makes you comfortable. If it, fe- if it makes you feel more in control to cut stuff out, then do it. But what I don't like about this stuff is like, it, I think it makes women feel too guilty, you know? And it's like, oh, well, I, I ate something out of Tupperware and that's probably why I didn't get pregnant. It's like, no, probably not. <laughs> um, so I, I try to avoid like, getting too obsessive about this stuff because you can really drive yourself crazy. And I'm kind of with you on the supplements. I gotta say what, what I said, I'm kind of with you on the supplements. I gotta say, what did she say about supplements? She said she doesn't think like taking fish oil is going to like make or break. Oh, totally. Yeah. By the way, for the record, I never took any of the supplements that were given to me. Um, I also stopped. I like I told and best, my DNA, my sperm DNA is fucking fine. Yeah. Because sometimes you know your body better than doctors do. Matt says. <laughs> Dr. Matt Myra. Healthy Matt Myra. Healthiest person. <laughs> healthiest person on this side of the table. Um, yeah. I don't know. I Like, look, I think maybe in like 1%, and I'm just talking about what I asked right now, I should say. We all are. My sense is that in a small population of people, maybe they make a difference. And if they have for you, then that is wonderful. But I also think with this shit, it's really hard to tell what made the difference. So there's just too many factors. There's too many factors, which is why I just try not to, I try to be as kind to myself as possible. That's my self care when I'm going through IVF. Yeah. And I would say invest in some jumpsuits and some loose fitting dresses. Look, I haven't had a cigarette in three months and it's, very annoying but you did it yep i'm proud of you sure okay (sighs) 
Um, all right. All right. All right. This is from uh, Anonymous. Okay. She's 28. Uh, I'm a 28-year-old woman who found the podcast through the Nerdist ID10T. Sure. I travel frequently and go on lots of solo walks, so I love getting recommendations from Uh, other podcasts for new podcasts to listen to. Love a solo walk. In fact, I recently subscribed to Forever 35, so with Matt's current activity level on ID10T, that means I hear from Dory a lot more than Matt. That's true. Although, you know, I'll buckle up. I recorded 20 minutes of a podcast yesterday with Hardwick uh, because Jonah had the wrong day. And then I'm leaving after this to go finish that hostful podcast. Well, there you go. Anonymous, you're going to be pretty excited. Buckle up. More Matt Myra coming. Anyways, the point of this email. As you can tell from the above, I'm not someone who found the podcast because I was dealing with infertility or going through IVF. Just someone who enjoys good podcasting. I'm currently single, and while I want nothing more than to have a family one day, I don't see that happening for quite some time based on current romantic prospects and where I'm at in my career. Currently crushing it. Sweet. (laughs) However, since starting to listen to your podcast, I find myself in a mild, constant state of worry that when it is time for me to start a family, I won't be able to conceive spontaneously, and I will need to go through non-traditional methods of starting a family. I've occasionally referred to my future science baby when talking about the future with my best friends. While I have no family history of infertility that I'm aware of and who actually knows what the future holds, what would you recommend I start doing slash researching slash saving for now? So if I do go down the path of IVF in the future, I am prepared. Any other listeners having unwarranted fertility stress? Anyways, I so appreciate you both sharing your story and look forward each week to easing into my Monday morning by listening in. Thank you so much. Anonymous. P.S. Are we sure Lex is okay? That's a great question. We heard from him a couple weeks ago. I know, but like been a while yeah lex he's been busy lex buddy next rest up i want you pulling over and calling to the show (laughs) that's a challenge um anonymous you seem like the perfect candidate for egg freezing right because you have not found a partner that you feel like having a baby with and you're 28 and give yourself some time plus your eggs will be good and you're crushing it in your career seems like the perfect opportunity for some frozen egg rios yeah that's that's what i would do and that'll kind of take some of this stress off i I do feel like sometimes we unnecessarily freak people out (laughs) about their future fertility although there have been some people who have emailed us and been like when i started listening to your podcast i wasn't dealing with infertility and i now am um, oh no is so, it psychosomatic so that does happen but i think just freeze your eggs done easy peasy easy peasy lemon squeezy yeah freeze your eggs there we go no problem not great advice what what are you talking about i'm saying you know it's not easy to freeze your eggs of course not okay but good she's asking what she should recommend that she starts doing or researching. Well, think about freezing your eggs. Think about yeah. freezing your eggs, Anonymous. Read that article by Dory Shafir about egg freezing. Where I don't end up freezing my eggs. Yep. Okay. And we're paid for it later. Literally. One last voice. <laughs> hey, folks. Uh, my name is Matt. I uh, wanted too. to pause the podcast and call you, but I was on the commuter rail between North Station and Swampscott oh, in no. a quiet car and uh, just had to wait till I got home. Purple line. Uh, I'm one of your uh, no relation to IVF listeners, uh, and I came here through Matt, and I don't remember if it was <laughs> through the Nerdist or sure. one of his appearances on Gilmore Guys, but I've listened, been listening since very early, and uh, one of my favorite things uh, is when Matt brings up the Carousel of Progress. <laughs> so uh, you did that last week about getting to the core of the apple. Sure. And uh, I do know which time period that's from. All right, that man. Is from it on the us. very beginning. Yay. Where uh, he's talking about uh, Tom Edison making a... Snap-on electric lights. Snap-on electric lights. Sarah's very excited because uh, no more kerosene, no more gas. <laughs> so that's it. I just wanted to call in for that. No more kerosene. Uh, I am here no more for gas. all of your upfront banter. That's big fan. Ah, uh, I'll talk with you guys later. Thanks. Bye. I hope he. Is, I hope that he stick around. He sticks around because otherwise he won't hear his voicemail played. 
Wait, why would he not? Oh, because he only, he only likes banter. the banter. Ooh. Hmm. Core of the apple. Core of the apple. That's Sarah. Um, uh, that, that seems to just about do it for this adventure of eggs. Tune the, in next week for... This egg sack? Egg bag? T- tune in next week for some pivotal news. We're going to find out where we were on day five uh, tomorrow evening. Yep. And uh, we'll find out tomorrow evening. If you're a Patreon supporter, you might find out this week. If you're an Excellent Adventure listener, non-Patreon supporter, you'll find out next Sunday. So, if you want to find out early, best way to do that is to join Patreon. Uh, and you can do that. You can get up to two bonus episodes per month. That's patreon.com forward slash Excellent Adventure. And a huge thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you support us at the $5 level or above, you get your name right on the podcast each month. You'll also get the back catalog uh, of the Patreon episodes if you support us there, which uh, will help you find out how uh, highly we we think of the Patreon supporters and how lowly we think of the rest of you. So, Wow, uh, that was cold. Here are, uh, well, listen, I'm trying to draw up some business over here. <laughs> here are some of our amazing Patreon supporters. Uh, Sarah Rystad Long, Tara Robstad, Magana Prasad, uh, Nicola Skidmore, Nicola, Nicola, Nicola. Boy, oh boy. Every time. I'm never going to pronounce anything correctly. <sighs> uh, Mary Bachika. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Nicole Ponday, Meryl Stark, Kelsey Kinnaman, Martin Hedgrod Peterson. All right. Christy Magclus. Magclus. Boy, oh boy. Uh, Bruno Macias, Cosmo Moore, Chimani, Chinami Worth, sorry. Uh, Anne Real, Tyler Rosewood, Mackenzie Erickson, Mike Kim and Leo. Woof. Leo's the woof. Oh, that was Mike. Kim, Kim and, and Leo. Leo. Woof. Woof. Got it. Uh, Michelle Kitts Miller. Uh, Liesl Rampano. Rampano. Liesl Rampano. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ is not supporting <laughs> us yet. I don't see his name. I'll keep reading. Uh, Julie Phillips. Darlene Estremaria. Estremira. Estremira. I don't know. Okay, keep going. Oh, Darlene, I'm sorry. Muriel Kloss, uh, Carrie Smith, Jason King, Rachel Downey, Okagawa Nan, uh, Sabrina Stern, Michelle Hagen, Becca Foster, Anonymous, Ariana Perry, Jolene Sigler, uh, Sari Yim, Lisa in West Virginia, Maud Tremblay, uh, Elizabeth Kluick, Olivus, Olivia, I, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know. The dab bless. Excuse me. <laughs> oh no, he's handing it to me. Uh, the dab, the dabless, the dabbles. Excuse me. The dables. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, Lori Lemming, Heather Nelson, Jack Woodyard, Erica Brown, Carolyn N, uh, Margie Oakley, Sherry Olson, April Sherry, Ben. He has a, a PhD. PhD. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Thompson, Kim Thompson, Chelsea Rosger, Megan Cantwell, and, of course, Sarah Prager. Sarah Prager, thank you so much. Um, what was the name of the lady that runs the uh, uh, the donor egg um, group? Uh, like, it wasn't Marna. Marna. I was going to say Myrna, but that wasn't right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Anyway, guys, long Thank story short, all. please Thank you all. Thank you for us. listening. We love you. We'll be back next week with an update on how many of these 10 fertilized eggs have made it to day five blasts. Go, baby, go, baby, go, baby, go, baby, go.